It is good to be here, gathered to see Jesus so that we can listen to him more intently. And meanwhile, our lives are changed, transformed through the power of the cross. May his grace, mercy, and peace prepare our hearts and minds to receive his word so that we can follow his will. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's okay. No problem. Don't worry about it. That's what we so often say to those who sin against us. It has unfortunately become a way of saying, I forgive you. But perhaps we're belittling sin with those words. Perhaps those words have become so common these days that we've gotten so used to the reality of sin and its division and hurt that we don't see its seriousness anymore. We take the reality of sin both in the world and in our lives for granted, even to the point of saying, it's okay. Therefore, we intentionally begin this Lenten season by taking another look at sin, by reconsidering its seriousness, and to stop taking it for granted in our lives. To stop assuming that this is just the way things are and will always be. Because God doesn't think that way about sin. He would set us free from sin and all of its painful and life-altering effects. God doesn't want us to get comfortable with sin. With our own sin or with the sin of others. But rather to be uncomfortable with them. To want ourselves and things to be different. To begin to live in a new way. Transformed by God's grace. Adam and Eve were the first to begin to live in a new way with a new life. Though it was certainly not a better way and life. They went from life to death. From perfection to sin. The change was noticeable. The change was severe. And they would not get used to it. I'm sure they would always remember the way things used to be before they were so deceived and yearned every day to return to the way things were. But there was no going back. Because God said, The day you eat of that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. One rule. God had given them one law, one little thing, and they couldn't even do that. And from that moment, from the moment their teeth sank into that fruit, they began to live on death row. As we heard in our Old Testament lesson, there would be strife in the world. There would be strife between them. Childbearing would be painful. Adam's pleasing work would now be toil. And one day, they would return to the dust of the ground from which they came. And as we considered this last Wednesday, on Ash Wednesday, the process of turning them back to dust had already begun. And then, later, when their children started killing each other, they found out just how destructive sin was. It wasn't okay. Just okay is not okay. It was a problem. They needed to take it seriously. Sin 
cost God his son. And so at the beginning of this Lenten season, we have to ask, have you grown comfortable with sin? Are you okay with sin? As you're thinking about that question, let's consider the temptation of Jesus. We're told about three temptations in particular, though there could have been more. But let's hold up these temptations to our lives and see how we do. Actually, I want to hold up Jesus' responses to those temptations. Hold them up to our lives and see how we do. And maybe they will help us to see things a little differently. And so first, Satan suggests that Jesus turn stones into bread. That's a reasonable suggestion, we might say, for someone who's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And to us who have grown used to the reality of sin, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. But how does Jesus respond? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When was the last time you hungered for God's word like you hunger for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? When was the last time you even thought God's word was as important as those meals? When was the last time you partook of God's word three times a day? Have you ever thought that without God's word, you could not live, that you would die, and that every word of God is that critical? Sin isn't okay, is it? The next temptation is for Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. Satan was saying, you know, don't live in weakness and lowliness. Show the world the power of God when his angels come in swooping to save you. But again, how does Jesus respond? He says, as it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. But when was the last time you did just that? Put God to the test. Not wanting what he has given you and so testing him to show his love for you by giving you something different or something better. Not satisfied with weakness or lowliness, but wanting power. Wanting something more glorious. Wanting God to act how we think he should, how we want him to. Rather than believing and trusting that already things are working out for our good. Again, sin isn't okay, is it? Then there's the third temptation, which doesn't really honestly make a whole lot of sense to us. Satan asking Jesus to fall down and worship him. Who would do that? But again, Jesus' answer helps us to understand. That's what we actually do. Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. But do you worship and serve other gods? Think of it this way. Think of your heart as a temple. Who or what do you make sacrifices for? Who or what do you give things up for? God, certainly, right? But he's not the only one, is he? And while we do serve God by serving others and sacrificing for others that he has given to us, serving them in our callings and in our vocations, 
we do get it wrong too, don't we? Lowering God and raising other people, other things and other wants, other desires, being less concerned with God and what he thinks of us than what others think of us. Wanting others, including ourselves, to be pleased more than God to be pleased. Sin isn't okay. God's word calls us to repent, to turn around, to turn away from our sin and turn to Christ. To get uncomfortable with life here and now and the sin in us and the sin in the world. And to turn to Jesus for something else. A life that is maybe not easier, but certainly better. A life where sin doesn't rule so much. A life that reverses the way that Adam and Eve went. That goes from death to life. From sin to righteousness. On our own, we don't know such a life. On our own, we follow Adam and Eve down the path of sin and death. And we get used to it. Make the best of it and think nothing of it. And maybe even get comfortable with sin. But then Jesus came along. And into this, it's okay, no problem, don't worry about it world, we see someone who lives and breathes freedom and forgiveness. He doesn't fall for the temptation of Satan like Adam and Eve, like you and me. He doesn't see things as we do. He isn't comfortable with sin and the way things are. He fights. He fights, but not against you as Satan wants you to think. Rather, he fights for you with the power of the cross that you may have the better, the new, the different. But here's the thing. There's only one way for this change to happen, and that's you have to die and rise. Old sinner you, old comfortable with sin you, old it's okay, no problem, don't worry about it you, has to die and a new person be raised to new life. But here's the next thing. While you can die, you cannot raise yourself. But Jesus came to raise you. Jesus came to give you that new life. And to do so, he enters your life, your sin, your death. He joins you and all that you are to himself. So that when he rises from the dead, you rise with him. You rise to that new life, that different life, that transformed life with him. And as Paul said in our epistle today, that just as in Adam all die, so in Christ Jesus all might be made alive. In Adam we sin, but in Christ we are made righteous. One man got us into this mess, and one man gets us out. Because Jesus fought for you, and he won. He fought for you in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. He fought for you on the cross, and he's still fighting for you, still sending his angels to swoop in and minister to you. The battle goes on every single day. And we fight. But knowing that outcome is not in doubt. 
We do so with certainty, knowing the outcome, that Christ has risen victorious. And because of that, so will you. And so let this Lenten season be a new beginning in your life. Be uncomfortable and unsatisfied with your sin by looking to Christ and the more that he has for you. And receive that more often. His word, his forgiveness, his body and blood, which give you so much more than just, it's okay, no problem, don't worry about it. His grace gives you his life. His grace gives you his victory. And with them, you have everything that you need. With them, you are made new. With them, you rise to new and eternal life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that's more than okay. That's the blessings of life in Christ. Amen.